Hi, and welcome to Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Please join us as we explore how you can enjoy a happier life and a fulfilling career, things that aren't always that easy in our modern world. We'll be taking a look to how you can explore well-being both inside and outside the workplace, how to prevent burnout, how to achieve true happiness in work and life, and so much more. So stick around. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. We have got quite, well, I think it's a really interesting topic to talk about this week. And I know Sarah is quite excited about talking about this, too, because it's all about what's possible and tapping into our imagination and curiosity and creativity to come up with new ideas, new perspectives, and to harness that idea of asking what's possible, especially in these times when it's very easy when you're feeling a bit tired, a bit run down, uh, a bit sort of ho-hum with all this pandemic stuff, to to reach out Mm. and think, ah, what if this could be different? So stay with us as we dive deep into possibility thinking and a bright new mindset to take us into our future. Sarah, tell me, what does possibility thinking conjure up for you? Oh, I really, I, I really love this idea. I love it as, like you said, that kind of innovation and curiosity. So when you first said, let's talk about possibility thinking, I'm going to be honest, Jenny, I was in a bit of a funk and I was like, <laughs> my first reaction was "Mm," because you know when we're in this kind of this mode of things aren't quite great or we're a bit down sometimes we need a bit of a kick up the backside don't we to actually get ourselves out of it you know you have to we talk about intent a lot and I don't see that going away anytime soon (laughs) but we have to intentionally think about that. And I think when when you talked about possibility thinking, when I when I accepted that with intention and started thinking about it, guess what? I thought, oh, it's it's that idea that anything is possible. That idea of thinking, um, dreaming, you know, our kind of daydreaming state. And, and when you think about putting that into practice in our daily lives. What do we need to do to get into that mindset? We have to, like I said, be intentional. We have to make some space and some time, which we're not doing very well at the moment. We have to have some quiet and maybe some pause. Um, And then, well, anything becomes possible. Uh, So I think when you think about mindset, we talked about mindset on an earlier episode. Um, I think possibility thinking might help us shift into the right mindset and then kind of activate us. Um, And you're always so good at telling me why that is, Jenny. So (laughs) tell me a little bit about how does that work? (laughs) How can we go from being like, oh gosh, I don't want to do this to anything possible? (laughs) I think it's it's a number of things. First off, it's about giving ourselves permission to be thinking differently. And then secondly, tapping into 
understanding that when we are in that space of feeling calm, quiet, confident, and interested, it's much easier to engage in possibility thinking. Um, when we're not in that happy space, when we're feeling more ground down, overwhelmed, exhausted, our mental bandwidth shrinks. And what tends to happen is that our mindset tends to veer towards the negative primarily. I mean, we have a negative yep. bias anyway, but when we yep. are in that overtired space where it's all a bit too much, then it becomes much harder to be in the uplifting what's possible. Um, and it's the difference with what you know, Carol Dweck, who's the sort of leading person uh, around mindset, sort of looks at. She says, well, it's domain-specific, but it's also very much reflecting of how we are in that particular moment. So there are going to be certain items and tasks that we're always going to put the hand up and say, no, thank you. <laughs> even when it's something that we're, we're interested in and we want to do better at, we have to sometimes sort of gird our loins. Like you say, get that kick up the butt. And it's very hard to kick yourself. I've tried a few times. It's very hard to kick yourself. <laughs> Um, because that's what then enables us to, to open our minds to consider what else and what if. I love the what if question because uh, yeah. it's the curiosity piece. And my my darling husband, who I think I've shared before, is an engineer. So he's he's always solution focused. He's always <laughs> very useful, I have to say, around the house. Very practical yeah, guy. If something's broken, yeah. you don't get a new one, which isn't always the outcome I want, I must say. <laughs> but he will fix it when he can. And um, <laughs> when the pandemic hit and we were being told, well, the biggest thing is to flatten the curve because, we you know, we won't have enough hospital beds and there won't be enough ventilators for people. And it was like, ooh, well, who are the people not going to get a ventilator? And my husband was really worried that it was going to be us. So he said, right, okay, got to do something. What's possible? He asked the question, what is possible? So he, he got to it and he spent a lot of time thinking first and exploring different options. He went online and did you know, there was an amazing number of small groups of people doing exactly the same thing as him, trying to create a home ventilator. So he was able to share ideas with all these other wow. people. They bounced things around, you know, tried different things out. And with the aid of a motor from a windscreen wiper, the dog's tennis ball, which got cut in half, <laughs> sacrificial tennis ball I have to say and a few odd sods and yeah. bits and bobs from the garage he put together this ventilator and it works <laughs> I have to say it's probably not to the same standard oh. as you get in a hospital but you know it's got a mask it's got tubing connected to the the, the oxygen cylinder and um, when he when you turn the motor on it, it sort of fills the ambu bag and then the tennis ball goes squish and forces the, the oxygen into your face. So, you know, if if needs must, you Amazing. can it. But I just love, the, you know, the fact that he just decided to do something because he couldn't bear the idea that it wasn't going to be possible. So he made it possible. And I know he's got that engineering background, which probably did help considerably. 
<laughs> whatever our background, you know, we we have so many strengths and different talents that, you know, if we're prepared to dip our toe into the water, so to speak, and say, well, let's give this a go. Let's try it out. doesn't matter if it doesn't work. We can try something else instead. But it, it just creates this momentum and this energy and tell you what, he was proud as punch when this thing worked. <laughs> he was showing it off to all our friends as well. Look what I made. And that's what I mean. I can say you one too. Me first. <laughs> when can I use it? <laughs> so I think I think you know there's so many opportunities for us, regardless, even outside times of a pandemic, to to explore what is possible and when you're in an organization, when you're looking to the future and how to grow a business or introduce mm-hmm. new ideas, it's having that sense that there's masses of opportunity out there and they're all there waiting to be discovered, but sometimes a bit blind to them. So it's about what can we do to prepare ourselves to, like you said, set the intention and get to it. Yeah. And there's a couple of things I heard you say, which I think is it's really interesting. One, this almost sounds like it is the antidote to the negativity bias and the negativity spiral. You know, if if you know that this is uh, something that you can do, or if you've got maybe a, a checklist or something to, to get yourself into that mindset, then you could stop yourself from going very deeply down that. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I think the negativity spiral for me is like a slide. You know, you just, you can dive down and, and you go. <laughs> it's a water slide, isn't it? You go really far. It's a water slide. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. So is this a nice cushion, cushion bumper? So the, that's the first thing I heard. The second is a bit about giving yourself the freedom to think without limits, isn't it? Because, and you, and you and I will get this in workplaces and, and you might experience it yourself in your own workplace or a workplace you have been where the mindset of, People don't even ask a question or they don't go outside because it's always been done this way. And so you're you're kind of in that slippery, uh, you know, the neural pathways are there. There's no um, friction to make you think differently, which isn't always a good thing, you know. No. Um, what is at risk of groupthink? And oh, also uh, yeah. could reflect a lack of psychological safety because the companies I see that are really Going, going really well at the moment are those where they value the contributions that people are making to come up with new ways of thinking and new ideas. And it's not that they're all going to be taken up, but it means that everybody can put things into this big melting pot and then they can all be sifted out and then really work on, well, actually, I think this is a fantastic idea. Let's let's go with this and off you go and try it out. And people aren't afraid of failing so much. I mean, nobody sets out to fail, do they? But, <laughs> but when you know that it's, you know, it's it's a group effort and everybody's trying their best to make it work, well, if it doesn't work, you know you've tried and you know that you did your very best. And, and that still leaves you feeling that that was okay. Um, let's move on to something different now to see what else might work. I mean, we always go back to that Edison quote, don't we? You know, 10,000 ways that haven't worked yet. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. I think after 10,000 goes, I would be ready to about hang up my hat and say, well, I might just take a coffee break now. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's, there's different scales of innovation, isn't yes. there? 
Indeed, indeed. It's a sliding scale. But yeah. I think it's, it's, and it's a little bit like when you look at kind of the principles of a hackathon or the principles of um, kind of what they did at Atlassian, a, you know, famous Australian company, what, what Google do with their 20% time. So when you have this kind of freedom and lack of fear of failure, um, a lot of companies find when they're creating those environments, then some of their best ideas come of them. And there was probably, like you said, 10,000 terrible ideas um, or ideas that didn't quite work out in the way that you wanted them to. But each one of those can get you closer to the the best products that you've ever come up with and and there's a thing around like I said that space Mm. and pausing Mm. and giving Mm. yourself time for I think I heard it described as deep work um you know your best ideas are almost never coming as a result of you know scheduled meetings (laughs) zoom time any of those and so creating this and my visual of this is, you know, kind of this really soft, airy, open, floaty room, you know, mental space where you can just kind of bounce around. There's, again, there's no kind of fear of pain or hurt or anything. And it is when we talk about those positive emotions, that's where you get creativity. That's where you get innovation. And if you, the reason I like what you said about possibility thinking is for me, that allows you to think, you know, What if, great question, this was possible, then how do we do it? And that's exactly what you described your husband making, right? Yes. So what if there were no, you know, and 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 the what if could be a negative, isn't it? So what if there were no ventilators for people like us, then I would be able to create my own. And the other thing that does for me is that, you know, Teresa Amabile and our progress principle, what you described was your husband then did that. He was able to see that he could do it. He felt amazing. He showed it to loads of people. And I bet other people got that, you know, we talk about emotions and are contagious and all of that kind of kindness and gratitude. So what an amazing way to kind of great to use it if you're not in a funk, but what an amazing way to get yourself out of the funk and propel you to a space where anything is possible. And I think to highlight your point, the, the, the main crux is to make sure you have the thinking space. Because what you described, I love that sort of ethereal room that you were creating. I thought, yeah, yeah. Now. <laughs> because sometimes we get locked into a certain way of thinking because that's the way we've always done it, the way we've always applied yeah our logic yeah. and analysis and reasoning, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, with my darling husband being an engineer, he's very much driven left hemisphere dominant to, well, let's rationally go through this and, and do all the pros and cons and let's have an Excel spreadsheet. Here, here's the box that we have to think within. Yeah. yeah. My, honestly, my husband is an engineer as well, Jenny. It must be, it must be something in the air. <laughs> and, and you're right. Sometimes they become constrained. Yes. Um, that or that way of thinking becomes constrained, um, you know, by being boxed in. And yeah. so stepping out, stepping yes. out. And, yeah. and probably your husband is like mine in that while they're particularly good with their left brain dominance, they're also able to go laterally 
to yes. the time in creating the insight needed to come up with a woohoo eureka moment. I've just solved this particular issue. And tennis ball. <laughs> Yes, I knew the tennis ball would come in handy. <laughs> Just trying to work out how to use it. Yes. Um, <laughs> and this is, this is perfect for us as human beings because we, we, we have the choice. You know, we talk about divergent thinking. And yep. uh, one of the little exercises I like to give to people in workshops is I give them an object and say, okay, come up with as many alternative uses for this particular object I think we did a shoe last time and I tell you what the creativity that came out was just astounding people were coming up with all sorts of peculiar ideas but they were great because they were completely yeah. left a field and I thought if we just allow ourselves or give ourselves permission just to go that way and just throw it out like a giant fishing yeah. net if you like into our minds and think okay Let's see what we catch this time and see what might or might not work. Yes. And so I've got a question around that because I'm I'm really interested. We, we did the same thing at a conference I was at. And again, it was just, and it's kind of that age old question. You know, we've had it in interviews. That was very popular, wasn't it? In the kind of yes. early noughties of what yes. would you do with this object or tell me. So, yes. so, but there's an interesting thing that, and I wonder if, if you can, if you see this as well. So we did this with a paper clip. And I think we there was somewhere around 300 ideas that came up in less than a minute. Wow. Because yeah. everyone was going, what could you do with a paper clip? Yeah. On this conference and it just went in the chat, which is a really fantastic way to run it if you're still having to do things um, mm -hmm. uh, virtually. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if there is some imperative to allow people to think about that on their own first Jenny that kind of one two four all from liberating structures to yeah. really get that creativity because if you're all talking about it do we tend to as humans or tribal beings just come to a consensus and then and then put ourselves in a box um and what's your thoughts on that yeah, my thoughts are very much about that. And I've I've come to the conclusion that the best way to brainstorm is for everybody to go away on their own first, to mm -hmm. come up with their own ideas, and then for everybody to put those ideas into the big melting pot in the middle. Because otherwise, uh, I, I know from previous experience, those people who are really enthusiastic and loud and have to have their voices heard first and then continued yeah. <laughs> we, we tend to then gravitate to those ideas and the person who's maybe very quiet doesn't want to interrupt uh, not quite sure if this is going to be useful anyway and they're worried that it's going to be seen as silly holds back mm -hmm. so if you allow everybody the the uh, room to go out and come up with their ideas first then put them all together and then go through every single one so nothing's left out or omitted and everybody's contributions are equally valued then I think you're going to get a much well not just a broader uh, range of ideas but sometimes it's that little quiet person's idea which is the best one so we have to give everybody a voice and uh, yeah. the, the danger of the brainstorming otherwise is that, yeah, it's loudest voice wins first. <laughs> yeah. 
So Jenny, we've talked about the art of the possible. Um, we've talked about possibilities, possible thinking, and we've talked about some ways people can do it. But really, you know, what are what's your thoughts? How can how can people give themselves some space? Um, what what do they need to create this environment where they can start thinking in that way? Well, that's that's a bit of a loaded question too, because it's very much going to depend <laughs> on the existing environment where you're operating and you might uh, to take that first up. But I think we yeah. can all give ourselves permission to schedule some thinking time, whether it's 10, 15 mm-hmm. minutes, you know, every day or a couple of times a week, just to you know, press pause, think about what I'm doing, where we're going, is it on track? What else could I be doing? And then to ask that big question, what's possible? And what if my big idea could not fail? Stay curious and explore. I think that's probably the best way to start. Oh, I love that. I love that, that curiosity um, and imagination. Yeah, and I think my tip would be to give yourself some time you know, just exactly what you said, Jenny, ha- you know, pause, um, do that stuff. But I would say, you know, allow yourself to daydream, you know, just if you can, you know, and it's a little bit between kind of the mindfulness where you're not thinking of anything and where you're asking yourself a question. If you can kind of just create a bit of that pause to, just let it, let the thoughts go, you know, let those thoughts flow through and see if something can bubble through or percolate. Um, And maybe it's, you know, maybe then coming back from that, it's then thinking about, okay, there's no boundaries on my question or my problem or my challenge. What could I do? And then writing down as many ideas as possible, allowing yourself to have that space in your own kind of mini, mini moment and seeing where you can go. Um, if you're able to, in your work life, schedule that in for yourself or for your teams, I think that's so powerful, you know, doing what you've described, Jenny, or have a look at Atlassian, you know, they have a great example of, of what they started to do. And the idea of Google's 20% time, there's all sorts of ideas about our best ideas don't come at work. So, (laughs) so true. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah. And maybe think about what, what do you need to feel safe to have all those ideas? What do you need? Um, it might be quiet. It might be music. It might be outside all things that we've talked about, right? Jenny, <laughs> what we're doing. anything else people might need for creating that space? I think we should ask our listeners what they do already. So we yeah. have to hear your thoughts and please share away what you do right now when you're in this position where you're seeking, you know, an answer or a solution or a new way of doing, what, what do you find useful to help put you, yourself into that, that possible thinking space? Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thanks everybody for joining us today. We hope that you can go away, create some space and time to Um, have some possibility thinking. Thanks for coining that phrase, Jenny. Um, And uh, we look forward to chatting with you online about where you get your best ideas. Thanks so much. See you next time. Bye for now. Bye.
so much for tuning in to this episode of Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. And you can always get involved in the well-being conversation at all of our social links in the show notes. Until next time, stay safe, stay happy, and thrive in whatever you do.